Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus. I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment, your journey into personal growth. The splendor of any decision is after you've made it, all that remains to be seen are its consequences. My name is Ken Primus, I am your host. Here at Threads of Enlightenment, we talk about the principles of self-development and personal growth. By having conversation with people, who have walked through their journey of personal growth. We believe that everyone at some point in their life will have to deal with one or more of these principles to have the privilege of focusing on their self-development as humans. These principles, when applied, can help you to become the best self possible. Welcome to Threads of Enlightenment. Today we have a wonderful gift that uh, has presented to our show, and I can't wait for her to introduce herself, and then we will go and have her talk about everything she's doing right now, and then we're going to go back and see what happened to cause her to come to this place. And so I want to welcome our guest. I'm going to let her introduce herself. Go ahead. (laughs) Welcome. All right. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here again and uh, <laughs> that was so much fun yesterday of yes, technical today. difficulties but oh, yeah, I am I am Lisa Beth Thomas mm-hmm. I go by LB and I'm in Austin Texas and yes. um, it's been a beautiful beautiful summer here this this year so what I'm doing now I am in Austin and I've been in marketing and advertising for oh, I hate to say 30 years or so but and I'm now working just on projects that I love mm-hmm and I enjoy rather than I had an ad agency for almost 15 years and loved it, kicked butt. We were so good. And nice. um, why it's no longer in existence will be in my backstory when we go backwards. Okay. But now I'm enjoying the season of just picking up projects that I love. And um, three right now, which really mean a lot to me, we have launched a podcast called uh, Kent Hans, the best storyteller in Texas. Mm-hmm. And my job role was to help launch him. And within a month, I think we had 20,000 downloads. So we wow. really crushed Congratulations. it. Congratulations. Really good job. Awesome. Thank you. And 
the second project is Jerry Hodge. He's the ex-mayor of Amarillo, and he's written a book called You're On, Cowboy. And so we've done the cover art, and we're getting ready to launch the book. Nice. And he's a fantastic man as well. Excellent. And one that's more very near to my heart of giving back, I'm working with the governor's office here in Texas mm-hmm. and spearheading a grassroots movement called Not On Our Watch Texas. I And I know you, you know the human trafficking, child yes. sex trafficking issues mm-hmm. around the world. Well, Texas is number one in the country Wow. because of our wow. borders. Yeah, mm-hmm. because of our border and Houston and the ports. And so working with, I approached the governor's office about doing something like, let's do something. So had this concept of reaching out across the state to women's organizations. I'm the founding, let me back up. I'm the founding president of Texas Women in Business. Mm-hmm. So using our organization there, we're reaching out to women's organizations and all organizations now because everyone has kids. Yeah. And we're going to do an amazing awareness campaign because if you asked anybody in Texas right now and said, hey, we're number one, literally nine out of 10 people go, really? Yeah, no. We mm-hmm. have a problem in Texas. Yeah. So we can't fix it if we don't make them aware. Wow. So um, yeah. that is that is a big project that we're gearing up for. COVID slowed it down a little bit, mm-hmm. but um, with right now, online exploitation of children is up 95 percent. Because wow. of everybody in COVID and being locked up, you know, at home and, yeah. and on there. So we're we're going to change that. We're going to change that in Texas. And then the goal is to take it nationwide and then globally to make a huge dent in this horrible, horrible crime. So that is really exciting. So I know I was like horrible, but it's really exciting to to rally a bunch yeah. of women because, man, we can be like, no, 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 not ever watch. <laughs> we're taking over. <laughs> Well, I think yes. uh, when women so get involved, excellent. When women get involved, all kinds of things happen. We had the uh, voting rights as a result of women getting yeah. involved. So yeah. there's all kinds of other stuff, um, uh, seatbelt uh, laws, all kinds of things when women get in. Get, Moms uh, against active. drunk drivers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. um, anything you need from us, just let us know and we'll be, we'll, we will be a part to, uh, to help anything we need. I know I have a friend of mine in Orlando that her heart is close to that issue as well. And she does some Perfect. parts in that as well. So, and I will, Perfect. Uh, I will let you know, her. we're, we're working with the governor's office now creating the, the strategy. Mm-hmm. But um, what I like is the goal was when I went to the governor's office and it was so sweet, they were like, we'll give you the capital to do this. You can do this at the Capitol, which was wonderful. Wow, um, that is. It's to create a sense of collaboration with women's organizations, not competition of we're this and you're that. And mm-hmm. we're here. No, let's all come together because all of our kids are our kids. Yes. and Or all of our grandkids. Yes. If something happens to your one of your grandchildren, Ken, that affects me. That yes. hurts my heart. Mm-hmm. So we have to protect our children. Amen to that. So, you know, I mean, so excited to have uh, have you here, LB, because I saw your story. I read up, uh, followed it, and I'm like, so uh, I thought that the audience here would appreciate what you have to say and um, all your thoughts that you'd be able to help us to get past some of the issues that you had met, you had talked about. And um, I want you now to go back, since you are here currently, go back and talk to us from a situation that caused you to. Be 
begin the journey because the path is never a straight path. Plane takes off to go to a destination. It's never a straight line. It's up and down. It deals with turbulence and all these type stuff. And it's just a metaphor for living. So um, what happened when you first taxied off that? What what incident caused you to, to wake up, to kind of pull you out of from, I, I tell people that we are all asleep and something always happened to wake us up. Yeah. What was your situation yeah. that caused you to wake up? Yeah. And you said sleep. I always think of it as sleepwalking. You know, mm-hmm. we're in this zone of sleepwalking and our life is on autopilot using yes. your analogy of a plane. Yes. And um, well, mine was, I've um, had a, just to, to dive right into the crap. Um, I was married to my business partner. And during that time, let me, I should have never married him. Mm-hmm. I, I knew that. I knew that early, early on, I should not have married him. But the fears, which we're going to talk about, that were playing in my back, in the back of my mind that were sabotaging me, I listened to those mm-hmm. instead of listening to my gut and listening yeah. to God and listening to and tuning in. Yeah. Um, but there, after about 14 years, and we were successful, we were seven figure ad agency production companies doing really, really well. Wow. And he was this, just a constant undermining mean sociopath, not a mm-hmm. psycho, but sociopath <laughs> narcissist. Right? Uh-huh. Um, and was constantly undermined, like telling clients that, that horrible things about me that weren't true. I mean, just weird stuff going on behind the scenes. Finally, there was a point where I said, I can't do this anymore. And leading up to that, I can't tell you how many nights I laid awake saying, I need to leave. I need mm-hmm. to walk away, but I can't. Our kids are combined. We're in business together. We have clients. We have employees. And so I stayed stuck. And I would bet there's many people in your audience that feel stuck because something is going on and they're intertwined. And and that's where I was. And I stayed so much longer than I should have. And then one day I woke up and went, you know, I could be a waitress. I mean, I could Mm -hmm. go work at the grocery store. I don't have to stay here. You know, I I could make that move. And when I started realizing that I could leave, that my life was, my identity wasn't my business. My identity is me. And Mm -hmm. so then as I I made that announcement and started unraveling, come to find out that for three years, uh, he did not file our our personal taxes, not our business taxes, our personal taxes. And he used to be a president of a bank. So he knows that. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm just I'm going tra- t- true transparency and everything. So during the divorce that came out to the tune of $120,000 in interest and penalties Whoa. and he jumped and claimed hardship. So he went and lived with at a friend's house, did all that cuz that is perfectly how he would be. Not yeah. help. What can we do? We did this together, but I'm out. Mm -hmm. So the IRS said, well, you have money to Mm -hmm. me. And so we're going to come after you. Yeah. And even though I kept saying, it's not my money, it's my client's money. It's money coming in to pay for media. It's client, you know, it's money. And you know what? They don't care. (laughs) (laughs) They see money. So if you have means of money coming in, so when you watch those commercials on, hey, we'll work with you, unless you truly are hardship, if you have a flow of money, they'll, yeah. they'll get it. Yeah. And um, so I robbed Peter to pay Paul for so long that I and then they put a lien on my house. So the only way I could get out of the mess was to sell my house, which the kids had grown up in. Mm-hmm. And I had to dissolve my business. I thought I had to go 
file bankruptcy, but I didn't because in mm-hmm. Texas, you can dissolve a business. But people kept saying to me, and nobody really knew, let me back up. Nobody really knew how bad it was. People knew that something was going on, mm-hmm. but I had lost my confidence. I'd lost my self-esteem. So people kept saying, you're Lisa Beth, get out there and get new business. Yeah. I couldn't. You couldn't. I yeah. was so beaten up emotionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, my sense of self was gone. Wow. And so I couldn't, I couldn't mm-hmm. do it. Um, if you asked me how I was, I would just start crying. Like, what? Wow. <laughs> it, it, it was horrible. Mm-hmm. So, so I lost, so I dissolved the business, um, sold my house so I could pay off the IRS. And so it was interesting. You brought up Job a little while ago. I was laying in bed and I remember somebody asked me if I was depressed and I said, no, I, cause I, I'm not a depressed person. So yeah. I didn't know what that looked, what like. It looked like. And mm-hmm. then later I went, well, yeah. Later, I thought, well, if it's laying in bed, as soon as you get home and drinking a really cheap bottle of wine every night, maybe, maybe I am, you know. And I had no, no money, so it was the bottom row of wine. It wasn't uh-huh. the top shelf. It was the, you know, get me the box. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. That crappy wine. And I rem- and so you asked where I what happened. I mm-hmm. remember laying in bed and swearing at God, just so pissed off because I knew other people that had similar situations and it all, oh, miracle, we're going to, we're going to, you know, (laughs) you don't have to pay your taxes. And Uh I was like, what, what the hell, God? I mean, I was so mad and I was shaking my fist and I remember thinking, why can't I be like Joe? Why can't (laughs) I be, you know, be like through all this and have that faith? And actually, Ken, I'd never read Joe. Yeah. I read the Bible, children's uh-huh. Bible story of yeah. Job. So then I went back and I read Job and I went, oh, he was pissed. <laughs> <laughs> Job was pissed. Yeah. <laughs> God's not going to strike me down, but we're human beings and yes. God knows we're human beings. Yeah. We're going to have these emotions. Mm-hmm. So now you think about it, I've I've got nothing. I'm literally homeless. I'm not sleeping under a bridge, but mm-hmm. luckily my kids are all in school, married, gone. Um, so I'm living, uh, sleeping on couches, sleeping at a friend's house, trying to figure out what to do. Here's yeah. the beauty of it. For uh, Luckily for all the years that I've been in Austin, when I had to let everybody know that I was going to not be paying my bills, mm-hmm. all the all the media, all the radio yes. stations, TV stations, they offered me jobs. They were like, what can we do? Mm. They, it was amazing. So luckily I had that going for me. I only had one, one account rep that was nasty, but everybody else was very understanding. And, and uh, one of my clients, the, the woman that was nasty about me, one of my clients said, it's not like she took the money and went to Mexico. She's living on people's couches. You know, this is not something she did on purpose. So luckily I had that good circle and a yes. great circle of friends. And, that is awesome. And my family was amazing. What? So then it was three and a half years before I even thought of dating. And mm-hmm. I am going to promise this is all going to come together before I even mm-hmm. thought of dating. And my girlfriends are like, Honey, this ain't gonna last forever, so you better get out, you know, there and, and meet mm-hmm. some guy. And so I finally I, I went on a few dates and I was horrible. I was so mean, I was mm-hmm. so distrusting. Um and the man I'm with now, we've been together six years. Uh-huh. I, if he looked at me sideways, I was like <laughs> and that was my pitiful pivotal moment. I thought, what is wrong with me? Yeah. You know, I, and then I realized I was looking at him through my cracked lenses mm-hmm. of my past. Mm-hmm. And that was so unfair to yes. him. Mm-hmm. So unfair to him because he had nothing to do with it. And I was judging him 
on my past. And I stood in, in my living room and literally drew a line in the sand and said, I can live the rest of my life like this and being untrusting, insecure, afraid of my shadow, you know, completely lost my confidence or have to step over that line and and, yeah. and stop this. I have to stop it. And so that's when I made that decision. Only I could control what was going on mm-hmm. now. So what happened is that's when I started figuring out all the things that had pushed my buttons, all the things that had triggered my insecurities, my not standing up for myself in business with my, my husband slash partner, all those things triggered so many Let me back up. Things that triggered me when I really peeled away what was going on for me and that onion Mm -hmm. is when I realized it was fear. Yeah. That fears were holding me back and fear is what was driving my life. Mm -hmm. And the biggest part of that is so many times it sabotages us. Yes, it does. And we don't even know it's happening. We don't even know. Mm -hmm. We don't even know that it's there. And so that's when I really started looking at fear and started working through it. And when I would think, okay, this really triggers me. This really upsets me. Is it this situation? And then when I would work my way through it, get down to the bottom, I'd be like, oh, no. It's that I feel like I'm not worthy. Mm -hmm. I'm I'm not good enough. So that's really how all this came about and created a course. I've been speaking on it and it is so freeing. And I know you do a lot of self-discovery and that's what the biggest thing for me is once I discovered what it was, yeah. the freedom yes. from that. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, completely. Is, it is absolutely powerful to be in that space, to begin to look into yourself and, and ask the questions, um, you know, and get deeper and deeper. And then I always tell people, when you finish that conversation, when you deal with the darkness of who you are and what you think you are, and then when you begin to forgive yourself and begin to love yourself and accept who you are for, you're not perfect. None of us are. But when you begin to forgive yourself and and begin to stand up and and talk to yourself, have that conversation. A lot of people are afraid to talk to themselves, LB. A lot of people are afraid to talk to themselves. And I think you need to have that conversation. I, I would take myself out on my birthday for dinner every year to have a conversation with myself. How was your year? How did you handle this? You remember that situation? Could you have handled it differently? I mean, I have this conversation every year because, as you said, I want to find out more and change because I want to become the best me that I could become. And so I yeah. love your journey. You you were there in in the darkness because it's the darkness that's where we begin to see the, the light if you're looking for it and if you want to change. If you're looking. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that. That's that's when, what is this? You have to have a, so many people say you have to have a breakdown to have a breakthrough through. Yes. And I was just going through life. Like I said, we had a good successful business. We were going to red carpet junkets. I mean, you, if you looked at us from the outside, everything was great. And then, but if Mm -hmm. you pulled the curtain back, it was, it wasn't, it was horrible. And you'd said it earlier, sleeping. I just was getting through the motions of the day and I didn't want that anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, The the mask I wore was a, everything is great. Everything is great mask. Mm -hmm. And inside I was dying. Yes. And I wanted to take off that mask and be real Mm -hmm. and also 
feel those emotions finally of whether I, I was really upset or, and, and that is a good point. I want to make that point. I had many people tell me when I was at the darkest of the dark of no money, uh, drinking a lot, uh, not knowing what I was going to go, where, what I was going to do. People would say, come on, you know, pull up your big girl panties. Mm-hmm. All you have to do is step yeah. out there. And I get that. I know people have good intentions, yeah. but can I truly believe that when we do that, we just put a different mask on that everything's okay. Mm-hmm. And we shove all that all down. Thing down. We're going to mm-hmm. shove all that down, but guess what? It's going to come out come someday, right somewhere, yes. probably how you don't want it to come out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I believed I took the time and I grieved. Yeah. Now, I didn't grieve for years because then you get stuck, I believe, yeah. and you stay in that spiral and you're telling the story over and over again. And you said earlier, you, you bring about what you, you think yeah. about and talk about. So yeah. if I just kept living in that horrible story, that's where I was going to stay. Yeah. But I allowed myself some time to grieve. Of, wow. Mm-hmm. I lost my ad agency. Yeah. I lost my house, the pool where we always swam. I did all that. And I had some good cries. And then I went, okay, I've grieved. It's over here now. Now I can move forward. So I think that's really important for people to take that time. I absolutely agree. I, I remember as a kid, they would tell us about this um, revelation, this story about the prodigal son. And um, it was not until I became a, a grown man, that I began to look at that story with different eyes. The the son, he had to, uh, he had all the money and he had the mask on and he had all the different things. And uh, when he went broke and his friends weren't there and he was all by himself, he was eating. Uh, we find himself, we read the story, he's eating with the pigs. And so I believe that a lot of us have to go to that place. I would say we have to go and eat with the pigs. Why? Because while he was there, he got a revelation. And once he got that revelation, he what did he do? He dusted himself off and he began to take one step at a time because the revelation was even the, the servants at my father's house eat more better than this. I'm just going to ask him if I can become a servant. And so he got this revelation in the midst of his darkness that he needed to do something. And once he did, he moved. And so most of us, we are in this place of darkness. And once we get that revelation, I've met people, LB, that stayed there. And it was the saddest thing to see. And, you know, here at, at, at this side, I'm trying to get people not to stay there. And that's why I'm bringing people like you on. Don't stay there. It gets dark. It gets, LB was just telling her story. She wasn't under the bridge, but she was homeless. And how she had all this money and, and look what happened. And look where... What happened? She got up. She began to have that conversation. She grieved. And then she took the step. And so here you are today. <laughs> here I am today. You know, and I think it was we, we do devotions every morning. And I think it was in Jesus Calling. I, I think it was in a Jesus Calling not long ago where when we when we go into that pit of despair, mm-hmm. it's a slimy pit. Yes. And we've all been there. When you when you get in that pit, it's so hard to get back out to the top because it just, you just keeps sliding and then it's easier to stay there. Mm-hmm. And so it's like when you're getting close to that edge, that's where it's so important to go, okay, I'm there. Yeah. I, I need to either, either I'm going to fall in or I need to step back. Yes. It's being really aware. And I love that you said sleeping because that's so true. There's so many times that we just kind of let things happen. Happen. We let the happen. wind blow us where yes. we're, but if, 
But if we're aware and go, okay, this is what's happening right now, Mm -hmm. I can do something about it. Yes. And And only I can control myself. You can't, I can't control you. I can only control my emotions and my feelings. Everyone has their own path. And um, uh, you have to make the decision. And it's just like anything. It's it's this inner battle that you have within the uh, perceived you and the real you. And so you have this thing, you have these demons in your mind telling you all the dark things, constantly whispering to you all day long. And I had, I was talking to someone before and they were talking about these demons, how tricky they are, is that they're talking to you in your voice. And so it's you um, that is giving and rehearsing that message that they're giving to you. And before you know it, it, you, you lock yourself in this cage. Right. Well, and, and just think about it. I'm sure this is what the, the, the person was saying. And, and I know I I don't do it anymore, which I'm really grateful for. But I would say things to myself that I would never say to another human being. I would never say to my best friend or you or anybody the things I would say to myself when I was beating myself up. Those are those dark words. And it's like, we should treat ourselves with so much love and compassion. Give ourselves the benefit of the doubt Mm -hmm. and grace. We do it for everybody else. Yes. Why don't we do it for ourselves? It is the hardest thing because we, we, we know who we are and we haven't learned to forgive ourselves yet. And so uh, because we haven't learned how to forgive ourselves, because when you look at yourself and I keep telling everyone that if you can forgive yourself, you will be able to forgive me because that is the hardest thing. One of the hardest things to do because you have to love yourself. You have to now accept certain things, all your shortcomings. Mm -hmm. You have to all those bad things that you think that you did, you said, uh, wanted to do. And you have to face that and say to yourself, you know what? Regardless, I, 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 I love this person. I love this. I want to give this person a chance. And those are some hard lessons to learn, you know? Yeah. Well, and I am now, and it always seems to be when you're on the other side of it, when you walk through that fire, most people I talk to say that when they finally walk through fire and you think about it, it doesn't say stop and stay in the valley of the shadow of death, right? Mm-hmm. It says walk through it, Yes, you know, but sometimes we go, oh, let's get a glass of wine and sit here. No, no, keep <laughs> moving, keep moving. <laughs> That's what you need to do. But when you walk through it, so many times you look back and you go, wow, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was yes. going to be. We have all these what ifs, what ifs, what ifs, and what if this, and we, we do that number on ourselves. And I'll ask when I'm when I'm talking with people, I mean, how many times you've stayed up all night worrying about something and that something didn't even happen? Never even mas- manifest. You know, yeah. we manifest it. And and again, I, I think when we worry, I thought about this the other day, I, I, I was thinking about something, I don't know what I was worrying about or in my head, I thought I'm praying. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, I went. It sounds like I'm praying to God, you know, because I'm I'm whispering, I'm praying, I'm thinking mm-hmm. about. It. I went, oh no, that's not my prayer, God. That's not what I want. <laughs> but I thought repeating it over and over again. Yeah, He's thinking, I'll give that to you. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know? yeah. So we've got to watch our words. The words is yeah. I actually did. Um, I took my kids when I was writing the book uh, Threads of Enlightenment, and I had them do an exercise. Uh, these were young boys at the time, and I had my eldest son uh, stand, and I took the youngest one and my eldest, and I had them face each other. I had my eldest put his hands out, and I had him say to himself that I'm weak, I am, I'm no good. I, uh, and all the negative words I had him had him repeat it. And then I told his brother, I told him, put his hands out. And I told his little brother to put, pull his hand down. And I told his big brother, hold it as 
you know, just don't let him move his your hands. And he could not, he couldn't keep his hands up. His little brother would just touch it and it fall to his side. And I said, no, man, seriously. And he's, held, he's like, I'm holding, I'm holding. He would touch it and it fall. And so I had his little brother do the reciprocal. I said, you say, I am strong. I am this and that. And uh, put your hands out. And I told Jonathan, his elder brother, I said, push his hand to Joshua, the little brother. He could not move his hand. And I told him, I said, that is the power of words, how it affects you to a cellular level, that even the cells in your body would respond to what you say. So always be kind to yourself because what you say is who you are. The Bible, and I keep telling people that when God created the earth, he spoke it. And his creation, he gave this universe, this area for him, his creation, Adam, his man, Adam, to be the God of this particular universe. And he gave him the same authority that he had. He told him to call things, speak. The Bible tells us that faith is what? Calling those things that are not as though they were. And so it is those power that is in our words. So we have to speak to ourselves. We have to encourage ourselves because sometimes they are the only things that you have. There's no friends. When you're in the bedroom, there's no one. There's no one but you and those words. And so I always tell people, be kind to yourself. Uh, be kind. Absolutely. To like, and I say, to, and I say the same thing to my kids. What you think about comes about. Your words become your, you know, your thoughts become your words that yeah. become your actions. And it's that's the progress. It's that's amazing the power it, uh, of our moves. words because you think about it. Like you said, what we say to ourselves whew, can be really negative sometimes. Exactly. It's uh, the principles are all in the Bible. And the book, the book of uh, Job talks about the power of words, and and uh, we saw the power of words actually in in Genesis, the first couple of chapters. And God said, and God said, and God said. So uh, we see the power of words demonstrated in the creation of. Uh, of the earth and the universe. So it is that powerful. So we have to be very mindful of how we speak because it carries uh, life and death, the Bible says, or in the power of the tongue. It, it does. You it know? does. And um, I, I do want to share, I do want to kind of walk through the outwitting fear, if that's please, all right with you. Please, please. Okay. So we're we're born with two fears. We're, um, well, I'm saying I should say there, there's healthy fear and unhealthy fear, and we're talking about the unhealthy fear. Healthy fear is the good the good fear that we need to have in circum certain circumstances. Mm-hmm. But here's the here's the crazy thing. I don't know if you know this, but we are only born with two fears. Mm-hmm. That's it. Two mm-hmm. fear of falling and fear of loud noises. Wow. That's it. Everything else we've learned along the way. Wow. We've learned from our parents. We've learned from siblings, from teachers, from the news, from social media, whatever. We've picked those up. And sometimes I laugh because there's things that come up for me that I go, that was my mom. That wasn't even <laughs> one of my, you know, but because I saw my mom yeah. be like that. A, a friend of mine, um, he he came home from school one day and had a note from the teacher. And it was sealed. So he gave it to his mom. Mom read it. Mom hid it. And he, of course, as a little kid, went and found the note. And the note said, I'm going to paraphrase, but it was something like so-and-so um, thinks he has a lot of friends and is the life of the party, but nobody likes him. He has no friends. Nobody wants to be around him. It was this real negative note about him. Wow. And we don't know what kind of day the teacher was having. And, you know, we don't know her story, but he was eight years old, eight or nine years old when he read that. He's 62 now. Wow. 
And he has spent his entire life pleasing people, Hmm. being a people pleaser because nobody liked him, according to somebody else's opinion, who probably was just having a really bad day. Wow. And his whole life has been making sure he was a people pleaser. He put his own needs second to make sure everybody else was first and that they liked him. And when we did Outwitting Fear together, he was like, crap. (laughs) (laughs) I spent all this time and I went, you know, hopefully have another 20 years, but Think about the power of what other people say. So when I, when I, when you are in, I call it a trap and a trap is anything that triggers, that punches your buttons and it's a, it's a behavior or situation. It's not a person. It's, let's say you ask your kids to empty the dishwasher every day when they come Mm -hmm. home and they don't. It's not that the kids, but it's behavior of not doing what you've asked. So that trap, something that triggers you may not trigger me. Mm-hmm. Right. There, mm-hmm. there might be something that you, you know, I meet you somewhere and we're having a cup of coffee and you say, you know, it absolutely drives me crazy when somebody drives slow in the fast lane. It's, yeah. Oh, my God. It drives me crazy. And I'm like, really? All right. And it doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Why that is, is that there is a fear attached to that trap for you. Mm-hmm. There's a core fear that is somehow attached to that. And that's why it doesn't bother me because I don't have a fear you don't attached have to, to that. Mm-hmm. So those are the times when you are trapped and those triggers, which is um, emotionally getting frustrated, angry, tense fists, you know, that feeling in your gut. And you know, when you're being triggered, mm-hmm. you know that. Yeah, yeah. Those are the times to stop and go, hold on, wait a minute. Why is this bothering me? It's not, is it really the guy going slow in the fast lane? What is it? And that's when there's two things to do. One is take a breath, one small step. Mm-hmm. You take one small step to look at the situation. You know, mom used to say, you know, think before you th- uh, speak. Mm-hmm. And that was probably good lesson, but it gives you a chance to respond and not react. Yes. Because when you're in that trigger mode is when you react and you say or do things that you really wish you later mm-hmm. went, oh, I shouldn't have done that. But when you take that one small step, whether it's counting to 10, saying a prayer, looking out the window, doing something that goes, okay, let me break this circuit mm-hmm. and think of what's going on. And here is the beauty of it. Once you get to that point, that's when you start asking yourself, well, what would happen if the person is always driving slow? What does that do to my heart? How does that make me feel? What if? What would mm-hmm. happen then? You keep peeling away that onion. And I'm going to give you the, the best example. And, and let me, I just got ahead of myself. When you start peeling away that, that of what would happen then? Well, what would happen then? Mm-hmm. What would happen then? You get down and you drive down to one of the core fears. And I know there's many fears, but most fit into a category Uh, There's about five, which is not being loved, being alone, not being worthy, not good enough and not trusting. Mm -hmm. And that is a lot an issue for abuse, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. And there's a difference between being alone or choosing to be alone. Mm-hmm. You know, give me a, a, a good book mm-hmm. and a great cup of coffee. I've chosen that. But yes. if I'm yes. alone because nobody wants to be with me and I push people away, that's different. Mm-hmm. So the girl that it's not a girl that does my hair, but the woman that does my hair. This is a perfect example. Um, a couple months ago, she was putting the foils in my hair to, to highlight my hair. And she got a text and she slammed the phone down and said, God, I hate that that client. And I was like, whoa, <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, 
I said, why don't you fire? I said, why do you hate her? And she goes, because she's always changing her schedule. She always wants more. She wants me to work on weekends. It drives me crazy. And I said, well, let her go. Mm -hmm. Fire. You know, you don't. And she said, I can't. I need the money. So that was her presenting fear. Mm -hmm. I need the money. Yeah. That's a big fear. Mm -hmm. Right. But the trigger was she makes me mad. What is it? I need the money. So I can't let her go. So I said, well, what would happen if you didn't have the money? She said, well, it's summer and camp's right around the corner. And and I'm supposed to take care of the kids going to camp. And so I wouldn't be able to pay for the kids to go camp. I said, okay, what would happen if the kids didn't go to camp? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she said, well, they'd be sitting around the house. They'd be hanging out all day. They'd be mad at me. I said, okay, so what would that do to your heart if they were mad at you? And she goes, well, it would break it. Mm-hmm. Okay, so what would happen if... What would happen if your heart was broken? She said, well, I'd feel really bad. Well, what would happen then? She says, well, then I felt like I would feel like maybe I've let my my husband down because I said I would do it. And maybe everybody would be mad at me. I said, well, what would that do to your heart? And she says, well, maybe they wouldn't love me. Wow. And she went right <laughs> down from the presenting fear of not enough money to, and all of a sudden when those words came out of her mouth, she went, oh. Oh my God, I'm holding on to clients afraid that people aren't going to love me. My family's not going to love me if I don't bring in this money. And of course they're going to love. And it just blew her mind. And so then I went and processed. She came back to rinse out my hair and said, I fired that client. And I was like, well, wait, I'm I fired her. She was literally, when I hung the phone up, I got another call from a woman who's been dying to get in to see me. And I can't wait to work with her. But the freedom that she found and just going down that easy path. And Mm -hmm. so that's what I really wanted to share with the audience of just when something triggers you, stop, take a moment and start peeling away those questions of what would happen and what would happen then? And what would that do to my heart? And then what would happen? Because that's where the freedom is, Yeah, is finding out that fear. Because now my, my two fears, big ones are uh, not good enough and not worthy. Mm-hmm. And so when all of a sudden something comes up for me and I go, oh, wait, am I just really, you know, if David and I are having an argument yeah. and something comes up for me, I have to stop and go, I got to think about this. Hold on. Is it me not feeling worthy or good enough? Or am I just really pissed at you? Hold on. <laughs> let me figure this out. You know? <laughs> But that's literally my one small step. I yeah. do a scan. Is mm-hmm. it my fear or is is it something else? And the freedom from that has changed my life, mm-hmm. has changed my life. And I have not, I've done this course and I've spoken on it so many times. Yeah. That I've not had one person. Most people say they don't want to do it because they don't that want to know their awesome fear. Awesome stuff. I have some yeah. people that say, I don't want to do that. I don't want to know it. I'm afraid to know what it is. I'm afraid to face it. And I'm like, okay. Which is sad. It's a painful decision. Yeah, it's a painful decision. I think that's, that's, to me, that is the saddest thing because we have such beautiful potential. The the power that is in that God deposited into an individual is tremendous. And then when we, when we make decisions like that to sabotage that, it's painful. Um, It really is. Someone said, I'm comfortable. I I had a, a guy say, I'm comfortable in my pain. Hmm. Wow. I was like, wow. Okay. And again, I can't change that. Oh, no, no. Okay. No. I mean, okay. Jesus came here. To, I read the story in the Bible tells us that for God so loved the world that whosoever. So that whosoever is is, is all, all based on your decision. So that's what he gave us, the power of this will. And we make a decision based on that. And that's how we get out of our situation. That's how we move. That's how we handle our relationships with people. That's how we handle our relationship with ourselves. We make decisions. And so uh, based on the fact that we make those decisions, that's how we get from one place to another. But this 
situation that uh, you had talked about with this lady going in and going in, and as you you say, peel away the, the onions and began to see the fear that was holding her back. And I want to make a note to the people to remind them that once you deal with that fear, your blessing is right there. It's that fear has been holding it up for a very long time. And so the minute that you have that revelation, as you walk her through by peeling those different layers off, and she got that revelation, her eyes began to open. She began, as I mentioned, the, the prodigal son got the revelation and he walked, he, he did something. She got it, went, made a phone call right away. She didn't, she right. knew that she didn't need it to, to, uh, to wait, hung up. And what happened? immediately that blessing was sitting there just waiting for her to handle this fear. And I'm sure that once she did that, that even more clients will come to make up for what she she perceived yeah. was holding so on to. So that she, she ended up building a salon at her home. Mm-hmm. She left the beauty salon and, and is, has enough clients that she's now at home. And, and, and just, it's unbelievable. It's beautiful. Um, That's it. I know it. It, it, it is. And I love what you said, that fear is blocking that blessing. Yeah. And the minute that you release that, the minute you find that freedom, because again, it's like taking off those glasses, those cracked lenses and putting them, throwing them away and then seeing it. And then you can see the blessing and it makes that space. I'm so glad she took, she did, she handled that right away. She didn't wait at all. And that's beautiful. Some people would have waited and whatever. And then she would have probably waited a little while and then forget to do it and probably do it another couple of weeks or whatever, and was holding back that blessing that was there waiting for her. That was there. Yeah. Well, and and there's so many things that come up from childhood. I hear a lot of these, a a friend of mine who went through the course, she was the first person that did it when I finally wrote it and she took it and she called me and she said, I'm exhausted. And I said, exhausted because of the hour you just spent? (laughs) She said, no. She said, my whole life, I've spent making sure everybody's good, everybody's happy, kind of like this other gentleman, mm-hmm. people pleasing. I want to make sure. And she said, this course took me right back to being a seven-year-old girl. And her, when her parents divorced, her mom came and got her sister and took her sister. She stayed with her dad. And she oh. said, I remember watching my mom put my sister in the car and go, why am I not good enough? Why doesn't she love me? Wow. And I, I think about children who have those things and then carry that. I must not be good enough, mm-hmm. you know, with them their whole lives. Their and whole lives. she said, I never even dawned on me. And she was, when I finally got through and peeled away that why I'm exhausted because I want to make sure everybody's happy is because I want to be good enough. I want yeah. them to like me. Yeah, it's painful. And again, right what you just said, though, I haven't thought of it that way. Once she found that freedom in that fear, that's where the blessing is. And I thank you for sharing that. I'm going to steal that. <laughs> I'm going to steal that. No problem. No problem. I think. I think everything it's it's it is so true. I've seen that principle all the time, all every day. Um, and it happened in my life once I began and I understood certain things and I dealt with the fear. The blessing was right there because something needs to replace that. And it's that blessing that is waiting to be re- to replace what you were that stopper and that door that was just holding that that um uh, from it for, from it being open and so once you open that you move that stopper the door opens up and boom everything comes and it comes boom. it comes quickly it it really does it just uh momentum uh, just keeps moving moving at, at like a snowball type of effect it'll start 
uh, right away and just, just keeps building and building. And so she was able to leave and start her, her own little place. And so it's uh, yeah. as we handle our fear and we deal with them, I think the other side is freedom. And so I am so excited. I I thank you for coming. Go ahead. You have some more stuff. I I, I want more. <laughs> just 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 <laughs> just give us more no, stuff. I, I give you more stuff. Um. <laughs> I'm going to I'm going to send everyone to your course because you need to to teach some people to uh, face and be in a space where it's safe for you to have that conversation with yourself and and be free and fear and face that fear that you have in your life as you identify them. They need to yeah. take that course. And so I'm going to, Thanks. you know, send Please them do. all. Please do. And, you know, we were talking about earlier about masks, you know, and, and wearing those masks. And I was thinking about it. Uh, the minute I shared and I and I and I was lying to everybody that everything was fine and everything was good. And the minute I opened my mouth and shared, can I can't tell you how many women came up to me and said, oh, thank God. Oh, I thought I was the only one. Nice. Beautiful. Um, I, I, you know, I'm going through this. I'm going through that. Mm -hmm. And I'm so tired of smiling and saying everything's OK. I'm dying inside. Yeah. And I think that's another big thing. I, I think when we tell our story, it makes room for everybody else to all of a sudden feel like they're not alone. Yes. That it is okay. And if we can walk through it, they can walk through it. It gives them that hope and also encouragement and someone to talk to. Yes. You know, because they're afraid because a lot of times you feel so alone. And, and here's another big thing for me. My identity was my business mm -hmm. and who I was out in the in, and socially. So my biggest fear, and I bet there's probably 99.9% in your audience probably can say the same. I thought when my business crumbled and I lost all of it, that no one was going to like me anymore. Yeah. They liked me because of that. They liked me because of the parties. They liked me because of the opportunities to you know meet people and movie stars and all that. And when it all went away... And people still liked me. Mm -hmm. I was real surprised. I really was. Yeah, that's. But we spend so much time making that identity our business, and our identity isn't our business. This is our identity. No. This is it. Yes. That's just something we yes. do. Some, I, and I, I absolutely love what you talk about. It's like, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no I, and, I and love it, and it's And it's how we talk about ourselves and how we love ourselves. Yes. And, and yes. all of that is, is what yeah. makes us. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so many yeah. people are. Their job is their identity. You it, it, you touched on such a beautiful thing because what's the first thing someone when you meet with someone? What do you do? What's your job? What do you? What is this? And so they yeah, they they tie you and place you into this particular thing. And um, people would come to me. I remember when people would come to me and say, "What do you do?" I said, "Well, I, I'm squatting." <laughs> they would ask me, "Me, me, my, I'm a squatter." I, currently. I'm doing this, but I'm squatting. This is not my place. I'm on the move. And so because I a lot of my life was spent in the identity of my my profession, you know, my professional life. And I was driven, producing to do this. And my background also is, is marketing, healthcare marketing. So I would come in and and I would uh, troubleshoot a, a an office or, or organization, see how they're set up and uh, change their approach. And I, I, I was gifted in, in, in it. It usually, yeah. um, it would take me about six months to turn around an organization and put them back on track. So um, I know the pressure that, that people feel in the identity of their job, but that's not 
who you are. It is simply something that pays bills. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's it. And even one then- of the things um, I know, I know you're a God guy and I'm a mm-hmm. God girl, obviously. And I don't know if you believe in fortune tellers, mm-hmm. but everybody can tell they right now you can tell your fortune of where you're going to be five years from today. And it's what you're saying to yourself. Yes. Because because you're going to you're going to move right into that. You're mm-hmm. going to you're whatever it is that you're saying. You're, I'm always going to be alone. Mm-hmm. I'm never going to find anybody. Um, my business. I, I don't know if COVID if we're going to get the business off the ground. Guess what? That's exactly what's going to happen. What you say will become your reality. So what we've been talking about, a lot about is if you want to know what your future is going to be like in five years, take a few minutes and listen to what you say to yourself on a daily basis. And yeah, then you'll, you'll know creating. what your future is. Yeah, you're, you're, as I mentioned to yeah. you, we saw the power of, of words in the book of Genesis uh, chapter one. We see the power of words. And God said, and God said, let there be. And God said, let there be. And so we have, that, and he said he created us in, in his image and his likeness. If he did, then we have the same power. We could say, let there be. I could speak to, I can call in my, my the things that I want in my life, right? as we were talking about. Job said, the thing that I feared most has come upon me. What was that? He feared that his kids would uh, would die and they, they he would lose his wealth and all this type of stuff. And Satan, the Bible tells us Satan comes. He did comes, a good job, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, he comes and he says, he starts, God starts boasting about this guy and saying, hey, um, look, look, uh, look at my servant, you know, and, and so forth. And, and God tells him, you can do anything you want, but don't, don't kill him. And so he comes and kills all of his kids. And I'm like, and then, and then Job says, what I have feared has come upon me. So he called it. And so you and I, as you said, we can uh, set up our lives five, ten years from now by what we say, because what will happen, you're you're activating certain principles that you said, actually, the Bible, the principle is that uh, as a man think it in his heart, so is he, number one. And so you, as you think certain things, you will speak that. And as you begin to speak it, then you will begin to act it. Your thought controls your your mouth. Your, Your mouth controls your action. You be manifest exactly what you say. And so it is Absolutely. up to you and I. And that's why I have this this podcast is for you and I to tell people that they have the power to create. We all have been in darkness, just like the earth when God came. It was in darkness. And it's out of darkness that we start creating. And so we are simply copying what he did. And so when darkness comes in our lives and we start falling apart because of whatever, and you have mentioned your story, that was out of that darkness that you began to get the revelation and you began to create by saying, no, uh uh-uh. And you begin to take those steps and change your world. Yep. So, uh, And then when you realize and you discover those fears and you look at those fears and when they come up, that's when you face them. Mm-hmm. I, I used to sweep them under the rug and I laughed because I, I said to somebody, I swept them so so many under the rug. I kept tripping over the rug because it was such a big pile underneath <laughs> there, you know. But again, they're going to show up. So oh, yeah. you might as well face them. They're, 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 e- they're easier to face when they first come up than when you keep avoiding them. Yeah. And so the more you face them, the more you say, literally, I'll say, oh, there you are. I know you. You know, you haven't worked for me in the past and you're not going to work for me now. So I'm going to move on without you, you know, but but it's knowing what it is. And that's the 
first, first thing time, is yeah. figuring it out what it is and finding that freedom. Well, I'm going to direct them, as I said, to the to the course because I know from us talking at the course is to help them identify those. And once you have identified those, and I'm sure you you have conversation with these people, and, and you know, as the Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart they speak, and so then you will get to identify who and what their fears are, as you did with this young lady by peeling away the onion, as you mm-hmm. say. And so as you kept asking those questions, why, why, why you were peeling those things. And so she saw where it was, dealt with it. The blessing came. That's what I want for my audience. I'm going to send them to you. So. Well, and I, before we got on, when I was waiting for you, I, I went in and if they type in, there's a promo code, have them type in podcast. Mm-hmm. And um, they'll get a discount on the course. Excellent. So, yes. Excellent. Yes. So, I, I, and, and I'll just leave that up for a little while because I don't know when this is going to air, but I'll just leave that up. Appreciate all that you've done for us by stopping by and coming and visit us here at Threads of Enlightenment. And I appreciate it. And I know that you will be back. I'm going to be calling mm-hmm. on you to come and. If nothing else, we'll be calling and emailing each other. Oh, well, you better yes. believe it. But I definitely will have you back on the show so that you can. Uh, keep us up to date of some of the projects that you're doing right now and um, also to continue and teach how to outwit our fears. Okay. Thank cool. you so much. I'll be here. All right. Thank you, Ken. Talk soon. <laughs> Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, We hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trials to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you, but always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. You can do this by hitting the heart button. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Buzzsprout, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more. Everyone who's listening to this podcast, we hope to continually help you to learn how to embrace moments of darkness because it is in the darkness that we learn how to develop and use our abilities to truly see those parts of ourselves often invisible to us in the light. It becomes your responsibility to navigate through all of your trials to find out who you truly are and begin your journey to loving yourself, which is possibly one of the most difficult things you will ever do 
in your life. To love yourself and to find the real you. But always remember to enjoy the journey. Thank you for coming by. Please subscribe. And if you can support us financially, we deeply appreciate it. Until next time, invite your family, friends, neighbors, anyone that you can. You can hear us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Apple Music, iHeartRadio, CastBox, Overcast, and many more.